Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Well, we've got a Friday Barn story today, but before we get into that, I've got to go over a couple of things. So this episode is going to go to air on the 30th of June, 2021, which is just a couple of days before my new book comes out, Shockingly Good Stories, which is based on this podcast. So please buy the book or pre-order if it's still a couple of days before. Um, That would be fantastic for me if you did that. Um, To support the release of the book, I'm going to be having a book launch at Glee Books in Sydney on the 8th of July at 10am. So come along to that if you're in Sydney. It's going to be fun. I'll be live recording an episode of the podcast. You can ask me questions. I'll be signing books. I'll probably think up some sort of crazy stunt to do because Rachel, the lady who works here, is also called Rachel, has asked me to do something gymnastic in the store. So I'm not quite sure what that's going to be, but I might injure myself, which would be very entertaining. So if you want to come, please do RSVP to Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, at Gleebooks, G-L-E-E-B-O-O-K-S, dot com, dot A-U. Rachel at Gleebooks, dot com, dot A-U. Um, other things coming up, because I know whenever I announce a public event, everyone who doesn't live in that area gets cross with me. So the other public events I've got coming up are on the 24th of July, I'll be appearing at the Kayama Readers Festival. Um, on the 31st of July, I'll be at the Shoal Haven Readers and Writers Festival. And in August... I'm going to be down in Melbourne for Book Week, but I've got public events at the Melbourne Writers Festival on the weekend of the 6th and 7th of September. So all those things are coming up. And then in December, I'm going to be doing like a theatrical performance of shockingly good Christmas stories at the Monkey Bar Theatre Company. So you can get details of all those things and how to buy tickets by going to my website, raspratt.com. And if you look on the right-hand side, there's an upcoming events uh, box and it's got these things listed and for some of them it's got uh, links you can click on to get tickets. Okay, so that's all that stuff out of the way. So now we can get on with the real business of why we're here, which is having a story. So as I said, it's going to be a Friday Barnes story and I'm going to read one from Friday Barnes No Rules, which is the fourth book in the Friday Barnes series. And my publisher very kindly gave me permission to read this before she went away on maternity leave. And she's since had the baby. So hello, Holly, if you're listening. And I'm going to read chapter 10, which is The Case of the Wet Boy. Several days later, Friday and Melanie were emerging from their history lesson, where they'd been studying the history of the bikini. That was what the class had democratically decided they were most interested in. When Nigel, a third-form boy, came running towards them. "'Barnes! Barnes!' panted Nigel. "'Please, you've got to come with me. He needs your help again!' "'Who?' asked Friday." Although she suspected that she knew the answer, Nigel had a particularly dim-witted roommate who Friday had assisted before. "'It's Parker,' said Nigel. "'He's in trouble.' "'What's he done this time?' asked Friday. "'He fell asleep on the polo pitch last night,' said Nigel. 
Really, said Friday. I find polo boring, but I don't find it that boring. Sounds like the type of thing I would do, said Melanie. That's just it, said Nigel. It doesn't make any sense. Didn't it rain last night, said Friday? There was definitely rumbling of thunder in the distance. It must have rained hard, said Nigel, because Parker was soaked to the skin when they found him. Who found him, asked Friday. The polo team, said Nigel. They have a a 6am practice session. That sounds very early, said Friday. They have to practice harder because Ian's been expelled, said Melanie. He was the best player on the team. So where is Parker now, asked Friday, ignoring Melanie's reference to Ian. He's in sickbay, being treated for hypothermia, said Nigel. I would have thought he'd be happy about that, said Friday. He likes lying around doing nothing. Yes, but he's got an assignment due today, said Nigel. Not with Mr Spencer, asked Friday. It is Mr Spencer, said Nigel, and you know how much he hates Parker. Friday nodded. The answer was a lot. But I thought all marks were determined by Vice Principal Pete's self-assessment scheme now, said Friday. Mr Spencer did give Parker a chance to do a self-assessment, said Nigel. What happened, asked Friday. He failed himself, said Nigel. Why, asked Friday. Honesty, said Nigel. Parker said he knew better than anyone that he had no idea about chemistry. So not only is Parker seriously ill, said Friday, there's a good chance he'll have to repeat chemistry. That would make him seriously ill just to consider, said Melanie. Please, Barnes, you've got to help him, said Nigel. I think Parker has been the victim of some sort of mischief. There must be a reason he was out on the pitch in the pouring rain. I know he's stupid, but he's not that stupid. It does sound like a prank gone wrong, said Friday. If you do help, said Nigel, I'm sure Parker will pay you. In fact, I'll pay you. I'll let you steal anything you like that belongs to him from our room. Has he got anything I'd want? asked Friday. He's got a lot of Batman comics, said Nigel. Not interested, said Friday. A genuine limited edition double-ended lightsaber, said Nigel. Just because I love science doesn't mean I'm a huge nerd, said Friday. At least not that kind of nerd, said Melanie. His aunt sent him a $50 note, said Nigel. Was it his birthday, asked Melanie. No, it was for growing over 171 centimetres tall, said Nigel. He's the first male in his family to be above average height for three generations. But the average height for a male is 175 centimetres, said Friday. His aunt's 86, so she's still going off 1930 statistics, said Nigel. $50 will do, said Friday. We'll check it out. Sick Bay was just along the corridor from the headmaster's office, so none of the secretarial staff batted an eye as Friday walked in with Nigel and Melanie. She was so frequently summoned to the headmaster's office, usually to be yelled at, that they didn't think to question her reason for being there. As the three of them walked down the corridor, they could hear yelling, but this time it wasn't the headmaster. It's just not good enough! Isn't that Mr Pilcher's voice, said Melanie? Mr Pilcher was the school groundskeeper. He was a retired army man and always wore the same tan-coloured work clothes. He prided himself on attending to the school's gardens with military efficiency. Yes, said Friday. I would have thought that someone who works with plants all day couldn't get that angry, said Melanie. The students at this school are a disgrace, yelled Mr Pilcher. It's just a few sweet peas, said the headmaster soothingly. A few sweet peas? A few sweet peas? Peas! yelled Mr. Pilcher. He'll end up in sick bay himself in a minute, said Friday, from having had an anger induced stroke. Well, I know who did it, said Mr. Pilcher. It's those boys in the medieval reenactment club. They're always pulling up my canes and pretending they're swords. But goodness knows why they had to go and burn down the dead elm tree on the edge of the swamp. 
Well, it was dead, said the headmaster. It'll save you having to chop it down. That's not the point, yelled Mr Pilcher. They shouldn't have been interfering with my plants, whether they're alive or dead. I'll look into it, said the headmaster. Would you like a chocolate biscuit? This apparently mollified Mr Pilcher because there was no more yelling. Nigel knocked on the door to the sick bay and let himself in. I've brought someone to see you, said Nigel. Hello, said Friday. Oh, hello, Barnes. Hello, Pelly, said Parker. Are you sick too? Parker was lying in bed. He looked pale and tired, but apart from that, much the same as usual. No, Nigel was worried about you, said Friday. He's paying me $50 of your money to figure out what happened to you. Oh, apparently I fell asleep in the rain, said Parker, shifting the pillow so he could sit up a bit more. Yes, but that is odd behaviour, said Friday. Is there any reason you might have chosen to do it? Perhaps you couldn't get to sleep and you thought a cold shower of rain might help. Or perhaps you were stargazing, fell asleep and got caught in the rain. Sorry, I just don't know, said Parker, shaking his head. Haven't got the foggiest. I can't remember anything after dinner last night. Do you have a history of sleepwalking, asked Melanie. That's my favourite way to get exercise. I don't think so, said Parker. He concentrated hard. But if I was asleep when I was doing it, I wouldn't be the one to ask, would I? You'd have to ask Nigel. No, he doesn't sleepwalk. Not that I've noticed, said Nigel. But I'm a sound sleeper. Hmm, said Friday. Do you remember what you were talking about over dinner? Oh, yes, said Parker, suddenly remembering. The curry pie! It was disgusting! I liked it, said Melanie. I thought it was very tasty. Too tasty, said Parker, with a grimace. Mrs Marigold has developed an unnatural obsession with coriander. It's like having toothpaste mixed in with your dinner. Coriander is a very commonly used herb in Southeast Asian and subcontinent cooking, said Friday. Poor devil, said Parker. You'd think the United Nations would step in and intervene, show them how to cook a good sausage or something. Aside from the pie, did you have anything on your mind, asked Friday, anything troubling you? Not at all, said Parker. I'm not one for dwelling on things. You were worried about your history lesson, Nigel reminded him. Oh, yes, said Parker, frowning as he remembered. We've been studying Benjamin Franklin, painfully dull man, spent so much of his life worrying about postage stamps, made it very hard to stay awake. And you were worried about your assignment for Mr Spencer, added Nigel. I was, said Parker. Oh, yes. You see, that's exactly the type of thing I was trying to avoid thinking about. So what was your extra credit assignment for Mr Spencer, asked Friday. That's just the problem, said Parker, throwing up his hands in frustration. I could do anything, anything at all. It's all part of Vice Principal Pete's new freedom policies. Now, how am I meant to narrow it down from that? Deciding what to do is harder than the assignment. There must have been some parameters, said Friday. Not really, said Parker. I just had to do an experiment about anything I liked, then write up my method and results. Mr Spencer said I was such a terrible student, it was the least challenging assignment he could think to give me. Interesting, said Friday. She stood up and walked to the counter, where the school nurse had written up a report on Parker's condition. It says here your core body temperature was 35.5 degrees centigrade. Yes, said Parker, pulling the blankets up closer to his chin. And I'm not telling you how she measured that. Suffice it to say, I feel violated. Well, aside from that, you feel well, asked Friday. Fine, said Parker. A bit achy, but I suppose that's to be expected from sleeping on a field in the cold rain. Friday continued reading the report. 
The nurse has written down that she administered one standard-sized Band-Aid. Where did she apply it? Oh, that's nothing, said Parker. I had a sore finger, just a blister. Really, said Friday. May I see? There's nothing to see, said Parker. She put a Band-Aid over it. Parker held up his hand to show them. The Band-Aid had a picture of a pirate on it. Nice, approved Melanie. I like a cheerful Band-Aid. Did you have this blister before you slept on the field, asked Friday. I don't think so, said Parker, looking at his finger. But I did poke my curry pie several times, so it might be a curry burn. Intriguing, said Friday. Nigel, tell me, did anything go missing from your dorm room last night? Other than Parker, of course. No, said Nigel. Are you sure, asked Friday. No lightweight clothing or large sheets of paper? No. Well, actually, yes, said Nigel. My Spider-Man poster went missing from the wall. But I assume some bully in sixth form took it. They took our sheets and blankets last week, just for a laugh, you know. Parker, do you have your room key, asked Friday. It'd be in my trouser pockets, said Parker, pointing to where his wet clothes were draped over a chair at the side of the room. Melanie was closer, so she picked up the trousers and checked. It's not here. Barnes! Friday turned to see the headmaster standing in the doorway. What are you doing here, he demanded. You should be in class. I'm investigating Parker's mysterious accident, said Friday. And admiring his band-aid, added Melanie. There's nothing mysterious about it, said the headmaster. The fool just took a nap in a rainstorm. He does dim-witted things like that all the time. Actually, headmaster, you're entirely wrong, said Friday. But before I take you through what really happened, I insist you call an ambulance. Parker should be examined by a cardiologist immediately. But I've just got a sore finger, protested Parker. No, you haven't, said Friday. Well, technically, yes, you do. But in this instance, the small blister on your finger is a symptom of a much more serious incident. It is, asked Parker. You were struck by lightning, said Friday. Preposterous, said the headmaster. Cool, said Nigel. It's the only explanation that makes sense, said Friday. It doesn't sound sensible at all, said the headmaster. Parker was given the assignment of conducting an experiment. Any experiment, said Friday. He is a not terribly bright or knowledgeable boy. It's true, agreed Parker, nodding. Melanie patted him on the hand sympathetically. He couldn't think of an experiment, said Friday. His understanding of the principles of science is so poor, he barely knows what an experiment is. I wanted to ask, said Parker, but I felt silly bringing it up after I'd been studying science for four years. But right before dinner, Parker had been in history class, said Friday, where he had been studying Benjamin Franklin. What, the American politician? asked the headmaster. Yes, Benjamin Franklin was a politician, as well as a postmaster, a diplomat, and a scientist, said Friday. A scientist who performed one of the most famous experiments of all time. Oh dear, said the headmaster. I think I know where this is going. Benjamin Franklin flew a kite in a rainstorm, using a key as a lightning rod to draw electricity from the clouds into a glass jar, said Friday. I like kites, said Parker. How did you figure all this out? asked the headmaster. Mr Pilcher is missing some bamboo cane, said Friday, and a poster is missing from Nigel's wall. They were the clues. When Parker heard the rumble of an electrical storm, he had an idea. Or rather, he remembered Benjamin Franklin's idea. Parker didn't have a kite, so he made one with the canes and the poster and rushed out into the rain. He tied his room key to the string, launched the kite and tested his hypothesis. And like almost everyone who has attempted this experiment other than Benjamin Franklin, Parker was struck by lightning. 
And that's why my finger hurts, asked Parker. It's the entrance wound, explained Friday. The electrical surge would have streamed down the wet string to the hand you were holding it with, then passed through your body into the wet ground. That's why your muscles are achy. Your entire body spent three milliseconds in total spasm. Oh, my goodness, exclaimed the headmaster. He leant out into the corridor and called to his receptionist. Miss Pritchard, call an ambulance now! He turned back to the room. Just think of the lawsuits! It's not so bad, said Friday. Several people have died trying to copy this experiment. But what about my assignment, said Parker? What will Mr Spencer say? Well, he can't complain, said Melanie. You did conduct an experiment. And you certainly had dramatic results, added Friday. But I'm going to have to write it all up, said Parker. And my finger hurts. Just hand in a charred branch from the burnt elm tree on the edge of the forest, suggested Friday. What's that got to do with anything, asked Parker. When your kite was struck by lightning, it would have caught fire, explained Friday. Then, when you lost consciousness, it would have blown away until it caught on the tree. It's an excellent example of cause and effect. If you write it up, even Mr Spencer will have to pass you. And so the case was solved. The end. Thank you for listening to support this podcast just by a book by me, R.A. Spratt. There's plenty to choose from from across the Friday Barns, Pesky Kids and Nanny Piggins series. And now there's my new book, Shockingly Good Stories, which is based on this podcast. You can order any of these things through your local bookstore or go to my website, raspratt.com, and click on the book depository banner. They have all my titles and free international shipping. That's it for now. Until next time, goodbye.